All right. Thank you very much, guys. And now we have a treat, Mr. Watson. Definitely. Treat su- indeed. Super Great. excited. Instead of Ice Road Truckers, we'll be talking about Alaskan. Wait, it is Ice Road Truckers, right? Basically. We got the guest to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Premack decided in the middle of, of the summer, just, hey, you know what? I think I want to go get on a, uh, a truck and go, what is it, 700, uh, 854 miles uh, from Anchorage to the top of the world, essentially, as far as the United States is concerned. Rachel, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. First off, what prompted you to do this? <laughs> okay, okay, so... Back in May, uh, JP Hamza and I, we wrote an article about the growth of trucking in Alaska, especially, uh, you know, a lot of these Alaskan trucking companies believe that um, now that certain new mining and drilling projects have been approved, especially the Willow Oil Project in the North Slope Borough of Alaska, now that those projects have been approved, we are going to be seeing more trucking, more freight activity in Alaska. And some of the companies I interviewed said that they were going to be doubling their their fleet size uh, in the next few years. And a lot of them are offering these huge pay raises to their to their drivers, especially ones who drive all the way up to the Arctic Circle of Alaska. And, and beyond the Arctic Circle. Yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine, you know, you talk about drivers complaining about chains in Colorado going through <laughs> I-80. What's it like when you're riding along and it, it's definitely not like the continental U.S.? What are some of the differences that you observed? Yeah, there are quite a few. Um, so the one thing that uh, Richard Mustaine, who I drove from Fairbanks to uh, Dead Horse, Alaska, which is that top of that, that town at the top of Alaska, one thing that he kept saying to me was that in the the lower 48, as they call it there, um, the rest of us, dr- uh, the drivers in, in the lower 48, when they are going downhill, they usually shift to a lower gear. But in Alaska, because your loads are that much heavier and the terrain is you know, that much steeper and, um, you know, challenging to drive on, you actually shift to a higher gear when you're going downhill um, than the gear that you maybe climbed up that hill on. The other thing is that the ELDs are like, hours of service aren't really a concern there. You have a <laughs> driving window, um, which is pretty wild. And uh, compared to the 14 hour window that's here, of course, and there definitely, there was a lot of talk about chains for sure. You know, the chains there are on another level. Um, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, because I was there in August, I didn't get the the full chain, the full tire chain experience. Um, but I guess I could always go back and, and, and learn about that. <laughs> yeah, put that on your bucket list there if you want to as well. Um, you've got a tremendously long uh, article with a lot of pictures that you go on FreightWaves.com to check it out uh, here as well. And again, the route that you went was from, Ala- from Anchorage on the southern coast to all the way to the northern coast on the Arctic, uh, on the Arctic Ocean up there as well. What was maybe the biggest surprise of the entire trip for you in terms of, you know, I don't know how different it was, but just the fact that, I mean, it's, it's the, just the trucking job in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, I would say probably the biggest thing, and this isn't just specific to truck driving in Alaska, but just living in Alaska, is how much you really have to consider nature, essentially. I mean, when you're driving up there, you are 
you're you're just really in touch in tune with the elements uh one thing that that richard mustaine told me was that all of the fuel tanks actually on alaskan trucks are separated rather than all combined because there is a risk that a caribou could come up and stab your fuel tank and then you're you're out of gas um because it's so rural and spread out there you every all the drivers up there need to be you know pretty well schooled in mechanics because you could have some sort of issue you don't have service you're hundreds of miles from the nearest mechanic so basically everyone there has to have some sort of you know truck repair chops in some way or another um i guess the then the on the other on the other hand you know a lot of the driving up there it's a you do have sort of a similar vibe to what's going on here you have drivers who are away from their families more than they'd like to be you have drivers who you know really love the job really love being a driver but you know facing kind of all of the issues that drivers face down here with you know poor healthy food at rest stops things like that so it was a it was a really interesting experience both to learn a little bit about how different the job is there as well as how similar you know these drivers are uh whether they're in alaska or, or down here in the lower 48. and with this new development especially for resource development is this something we'll see you spoke with fleet to need to double or even grow their fleet do you have to lure drivers up to live in Alaska and, you know, put the carrot out? Or is this a seasonal thing where the conditions are so crazy, you only have a small window so you can have seasonal drivers to help surge and cover it? It's a bit of both. So the, again, uh, Mustang, the driver I, I, I rode with, he was saying that he just came up to Alaska in 2015, I believe, to be a seasonal driver. Actually, the the top season, the hot season for truck driving in Alaska is in the winter, not in the summer because the ice roads don't exist in the summer and there's less drilling in the summer. So he was telling me he had just come up for a winter, kind of like a fun, crazy experience, a little adventure, and he just loved it so much he stayed. Now, I think it does take a special type of person to be a truck driver, but it takes an even more special type of person to decide to move to Alaska because it is kind of like moving to another country. Um, but anyways, the, the fleets I spoke with, they say that their first priority is hiring folks in Alaska and kind of like developing them through the pipeline, you know, maybe some city driving, then you do maybe some more driving from Anchorage to Fairbanks or Anchorage to Seward, and then you kind of get to the ice roads. Um, the other option is to hire folks from the lower 48 who have logging experience was the big one I kept hearing about because drivers who, who are uh, log haulers, they're probably familiar with uh, steep grades. Obviously they're familiar with, you know, strapping, strapping things down to a flatbed. But if a driver is coming from probably a dry van or a reefer experience in the lower 48, they would definitely need quite a bit of training, um, probably years of work in Alaska before they could end up on the ice roads up there. Richard, real quick, we've got about uh, 30 seconds left here. So now, obviously, with the draw and you need more drivers in Alaska because of uh, the, the fueling issues, what's the incentive package that is kind of being thrown out there if they, if they are trying to recruit into the lower 48, as it were? Yeah, so I have heard salaries up to $170,000 a year before benefits and you know vacation, uh, health care, retirement benefits, all those things. So it's a it's a pretty compelling pretty compelling
interesting offer, I would say, uh, especially considering that the median pay for uh, truck drivers across the U.S. is around is just under fifty thousand dollars a year. But it is important to instill that these are really challenging jobs. This is not a job for someone you know, fresh out of CDL school, it's certainly something that a certain type of driver, a certain type of personality too, is would really be fit for. I would have to think that it was much like uh, trying to become an, a crab fisherman on the Bering yeah. Sea. This is, yeah. this is this takes yeah. a certain type of person to do it. The Wild West Absolutely. is still alive. You just got to go north. <laughs> exactly. Rachel, thank, yeah. Uh, Rachel, thanks so much for joining us again. You can check out the article on FreightWaves.com. Lots of pictures, lots of detail. Uh, Rachel, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, we will take a short break. Come back. We've got Tony Mulvey on the spot coming up after this. <laughs> 